So Lance will be gone until Lance will be gone until I'm visiting the schnitzels. Visiting the schnitzels. What up, my schnitz? What up, my schnitz? Don't shorten it. Don't shorten it. From the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's John and Lance. And we'll never be royal. We don't want to be royal. We don't want to be royal. We don't even want them. Yes, we do want them to come. This yeah, is we a just, good time to have a royal. We just time. need them to play like the Royals, not a team who can take two out of three. We need the Astros to play like the Astros for a change. Well, that would that would be great. I don't That's know if I can. Need. I have. I won't come to expect it until it happens again. Uh, they no. were. Six I am out. fully expecting them to sweep this series. They were six out of outs away from being swept by the Orioles, and what would that have been? Seven out of their last nine, they would have lost. But they didn't, did they, though? So I'm just telling you how close it was. So I need them to play like the Astros, or have the Royals revert back to what they've been. Because I don't know if I can trust the Astros to play good baseball. Can they figure out at any point not to run into outs? They've always run into during this run. Though, they've been one of a terrible. Base yeah, but they don't team. have a margin. They don't have that same margin. No, they don't. So maybe not, not do that pitching, anymore. They don't. Yeah. No, no, they don't. Um, no, no, no. Listen, you you gotta play. You gotta play better. You have to take. You have to dominate. You series. a sweep is needed. A sweep. No, anything less is unacceptable behavior. Okay. Okay. Watch them lose tonight. Anything less. Than a sweep in this series. I love when fans do unacceptable this. behavior. That is unacceptable. Yeah, what happens if it happens? You're just going to accept it. What are you going to do about it? You're going to. Are you going to? Yeah, I'm not going to accept it. Are you going to rush Minute Maid Park like it's January 6th? Are you happy about this? It's going to be Fromber, France, and Brown. In I'm this happy series. about the Fromber thing, not the rest of it. And then in Seattle, Verlander, Javier Valdez. That's your best. That's that. It doesn't. That that's doesn't get be- any better. Yeah, that's, that's if, your best. If we're taking that, in how Christian right. Javier pitched in his last outing, that three in Seattle, and what will then be the biggest series of the season after yeah. this biggest series of the season is is great. Then the Arizona, who's fighting for a wild card, <laughs> France Brown and Verlander. I don't like the first Verlander season. in the season finale. Do you think that will be a game that determines where, not the division? A game that determines where the Astros make the playoffs, no matter what, because they're so tightly. No, packed. I think it makes a decision. I mean, the, think it makes a division. So you think they will already have a wild card spot in hand? Yes, yes. No matter what, the yeah, outcome. because I think the Seattle Seattle playing the Rangers seven times is going to is going to eliminate one of those teams, and we're excluding Toronto from not well. Playing. Toronto can make it. This is what I'm saying. So yeah. what if what if it turns out the Astros don't sweep the Royals? Um, Does that change your thought about what that game means? Well, obviously, it depends on what they do in Seattle. Yeah, obviously. You want to talk about a big series? Seattle's going to be up for that, bro. That is going to be this whole this whole last ten days is going to be really good. Yeah, I don't know. We don't care so much about what the other teams do around the league because we've been so. And baseball is kind of this way. You just focus on your team and then the, the series that they're playing. But. Do in the last half decade, I imagine this is this is the scenario for all the other teams that we haven't had to worry about how pitching's been inconsistent, the runs aren't coming when we want them to, they're dropping series they shouldn't <laughs> right. in in a postseason race. Well, we've been just cruising along. Right. Now we know what it feels like. I think we've all forgotten how it feels like to not have a lock cinch team anymore. 
That sucks. I and, think it sucks. Yeah, it's not great for your for for your uh, for your constitution. No, I guess. no. But this it's I, aggravating. I think it's just what everyone has felt, except for us and, well, the, and the Dodgers. No, too. the Dodgers. Yeah, but as far as the teams who aren't making the playoffs every year, aren't contenders every year, this is what they all go through uh, down the stretch. Now we're just feeling it, and it ain't fun. I don't know that it matters. I I really got a a sense that the Orioles are the seventeen Astros. So they're cheating? Uh, I, no, I'm not going to. I don't think they're cheating. Well, you can't call any team the 17 Astros without making. Well, how about as good as the 17 and a team that came. How about not a young team that put it together? Listen, how about they got the, Astros influence. Oh, Dustin, how's that uh, uh, Mike Elias doing over there? The analytics guy. Well, I, he, and listen, he learned from, from the best. Jeff Luno is maybe, I think Howie Roseman is the best GM in the NFL. Jeff Luno is one of the best GMs ever in baseball. I'm not giving Howie Roseman any credit. All he does is take Georgia players. Oh, how hard is that? Oh, look, I'm taking another Georgia player. <laughs> well, the, how difficult is that? Was he picking first that he got the Georgia player? No, he picked them. Okay, he picked them when he picked them. <laughs> and, when, and people passed on those Georgia hey, players. Hey, look, there's a Georgia player. Let me Let take him. How difficult is this job? <laughs> okay. He's oh apparently he's the only one that recognizes that. You know how many people passed on all those Georgia yeah. players? Well, when one of the guys can't stop racing his car, and even when it results in the death of someone, mm-hmm. he knows. Maybe I get why people might pass on Jalen Carter. Well, although that has worked out for the Eagles is, so far. Is as far Philadelphia as a much more dangerous place since all those Georgia drivers are there? <laughs> Do you think insurance rates are, are going, going up? Are going Philadelphia. up in Philadelphia? That trash ass city. I don't like that dirty ass trash ass city. Keith is here. Let's talk about FS. FSU and Clemson. What's going on, Keith? Hey, guys. Love the show. Uh, you know, safe travels to Lance. Um, you know, hope Gilbert gets better. He had the heat in five. I won't forget that. Uh, but big weekend. Um, you know, FSU ride the train, picked them to go to the playoff this summer. Dale has pointed out that this game against Clemson is a big one. FSU-Clemson, love to hear Dale's score prediction. And if FSU can keep it rolling despite a close call in Boston College last week. Thanks, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm interested to see how just Justin Jordan Travis got a little dinged up. Play the rest of the game. I got dinged up right before the half. First, the half ended. Play the rest of the game, um, and they and they squeeze it out as Keith talked about. I'm interested to see if they get their running game going. That's something they've had an issue with just a handed off running game. Second half of LSU, notwithstanding, they got it going there. Well, they need Jordan Travis to run the football to help their running game because. These are the games where you run your quarterback. A, a big, a good defense, a big game. You limit the quarterback runs against teams you think you can handle. This is one where we're probably going to see Jordan Travis run the ball quite a bit. Um, and he and their passing game wasn't great in the in structure against Boston College. He would move around a little bit and create some time. They made some plays. I'm not sure if that'll work so much against Clemson. Clemson, I don't know who they are because it was Duke. It was the first game of the year, and Duke is a good football team. But Clemson got handled, and they couldn't stop turning the ball over. I'm probably going. Ooh, this is rough because I would. I'm in the years past. I think it's been seven straight years. I just take Clemson and be right. This one, I don't want to side Florida State, but I feel like I I'm going to. I'm probably I hate take, siding Florida State. Of course I do. I'm probably going twenty eight. Uh, 28-21 Florida State. 
I don't know if Clemson, know. their Clemson offense is going to be able to score enough. Only one point? Well, I think they'll be able to score 20. Cause, well, Boston College scored 29, thanks to one of them thanks to a, a turnover, a return, fumble return, and their quarterback moved around quite a bit, made some plays. I think Clemson will has had a couple cakewalks, although they, although they didn't look great to get ready for this game, while Florida State probably did the same. That's why they may have struggled against Boston College. That one's rough, but I pro- I'm probably leaning Florida State there. But I almost just want to take Clemson because I got to see Florida State beat them before I take them. That's one of those things where you go, I'll take, I'll believe in you when you can beat the team you never beat. But it all lines up for them to win this game, even if it is on the road. Great weekend of college football. Great weekend. So this is that's just one of, the, and that's not even one of the games that's got that features two uh, ranked teams. The most. This is the most ranked teams facing each other. On a weekend since 2005? I think that's the number we saw. 2005? I think right? that's a stat we saw. That was a stat. Yeah. This is this is going to be fun. There are some there are some battles going to be going on this weekend. It'll decide a lot towards the towards the playoff to, this weekend. So this this is going to be fun. I that that Ohio State Notre Dame. I like Notre Dame. You don't like them. I like Ohio. Here's State. why. I like Ohio State's defense in this one. Who's better, McCord or Hartman? Hartman, he's a better player. Yep. I I I just think it'll be a defensive game and I think Ohio State has enough to make a couple of plays that that change that change the game. At least their their skill weapons. We talked to Josh Pate, at least you guys said um and he talked about all the freshmen that that Ohio though Notre Dame's depending on as far as their offensive weapons are concerned. Now Sam Hartman can change that because of it, how old he is and and talented he is. He may he may be able to guide them through this, but so for a lot of those guys this is a, a their first big game. Ohio State, those guys are used to it. And it's in, in South Bend, but I will take that Ohio State defense, and I think they will make enough plays offensively to to win it. I, I'm not predicting anyone to get blown out, but I, I, I do like this Ohio State defense to kind of shut down a Notre Dame deep offense who hasn't seen anything like what they're going to see on Saturday night. Yeah, no, they haven't. No, but you don't. it's not every day you play the sixth team in the country. No. And Notre Dame has not been up for the the task, but I think this team might be a little bit different. We'll see. Yeah, that that defense is this is this going to be fun. This this is going to be fun. Uh, I think that's going to be that that's a, that's going to be a great game. There's going to be a lot of Washington State and Oregon State. You got Ole Miss that's and my Alabama. Bet, though, because you don't like DJ. I don't like DJ. You got Ole Miss and uh, Alabama playing. Ole Miss, everybody's. Eh, I'm telling you. You slow down on this. The, the Alabama's reign is over. Slow down. I guess I don't know. If beating Ole Miss will determine what what their reign is, but I don't want to bury them at all. Uh, Nick Saban has shown to be a type to adapt, and if with Milrow back playing, I think that is their best quarterback. They they tried it with the other two guys, and those guys weren't good. It'll be about Alabama's defense, though, and they weren't they weren't good against Texas. They gave up a lot of big plays. And if Lane Kiffin's right and they they shadow banned what's his name? Kevin Steele and they and they yep. they upgraded or promoted Travis Robinson on the low, that might change things, but they did give up a lot of they, they gave up a lot to Texas and I, I think like Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin will test that secondary. But we'll see. They may be a completely different defense because they have a different a different defensive coordinator. We just weren't told about it. Yep. No, well, Nick don't have to tell you nothing. No, Nick ain't. He, Lane Kiffin told us. Lane, yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> All right. 
713-780-3776. I'm talking Mark Klein. I'm talking Klein's Jewelry. I'm talking if you're looking for diamonds, this is the the place to go. You know what the other diamond dealers aren't going to tell you? They're not going to tell you about these lab-made diamonds because they don't want you. They want the mine diamonds where you have to pay five, six, seven times what you have to pay for the lab diamonds, and the lab diamonds are the same. The lab diamonds have the same color, weight, clarity. Mark Klein has explained this. If you've heard our recorded spots, Mark has explained this time and again how great it is. It's the same. They're the same, only they're created in the lab as opposed to mined. So if you're looking for the best way to get into these diamonds, no one can tell that difference. Pay 10% or 15% of what you would normally pay for a diamond right now at Klein's. If you've got to get a diamond, Mark is going to hook a brother up. 832-316-1388. 832-316-1388. Klein'sJewelry.com. It's on uh, 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 Woodway and Augusta and Fountain View and Westheimer. Two locations now. You're looking for that diamond or anything in jewelry. It's, it's Klein'sJewelry.com. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Pitter-patter. Well, pitter-patter. Let's get at her. You're back in the Veritex Community Bank Studios with John Granado and Lance Zerline. All right, welcome back here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Biggest. Are you going to be more? You're going to be more tuned into college football and and NFL. What? What's what do you think is competing against those two? The Astros. I mean, I will be aware and have the game in some part of my room watching, maybe on the second screen. But no, it won't be. It won't be. And by second screen, I mean my laptop. I don't have two TVs in my room. Um, but no, it'll be on the back burner. The Astros will be there. It'll be. You won't the, have another college football game on. You'll have the Astros. No, the Astros will be on. A second screen, which will be my laptop, while I'll be watching the multi view on my TV. Oh, you got a multi view on your TV? YouTube TV. Yeah, of the college football stuff. You do you like that? I don't like the four screens. I would prefer two. I don't like, like the NFL. Like, yeah, it's they do it for the NFL too, and two screens is good enough for me. Four, my eyes start flitting around and actually starts to make my head hurt a little bit. Um, so I don't really like the four screen thing. I think it's too distracting. I think two was fine for mm. me, and then I can just flip if it if they did that more. Gave me more option for two, I would do that before it's four. You, we were at Nick's watching all of the games when we were giving away. Of course, I did have a few Coors Lights while giving away for, while That's I was surprising. giving away Coors Lights. But it, having all of those games, the, the sensory is just like wow. You just can't you can't focus on one because you got so many going on. Yeah, we were at uh, the Golden Nuggets right. the same way. They were bigger screens, obviously, um, but it was it, you were surrounded by football. And that was just like the Thursday, the Thursday night, uh, the first Thursday night of the season, and we were just it was bang, bang, bang. You could ver- barely, <laughs> yeah, you, no, you could yeah. barely pay attention. All you could notice was that awful game between Nebraska yeah, that was, and uh, who uh, it, was it? Minnesota. That was yeah. an awfully played game. The worst, offensively at least. All right, let's get some guys in here. Greg and Atascacita wants to talk about the Astros. What do you say, Greg? Hey, what's up, guys? How's it going? Good. How are you? Oh, not bad, not bad. Hey, I just want to kind of reiterate what you guys are talking about. Maybe had a question or two as well, but man, is in reference to the Astros and the whole analytical approach thing. Uh, when I watched the Baltimore series last, I mean, it was completely clear that we were being outmanaged. That their players were ready to play. 
it seemed like they were jumping on our pitchers' pitches because they kind of knew what was coming. All that kind of stuff comes from analytics, and you know, it looks like now we. I know, I know, we mentioned that we were taking somewhat of an analytical and baseball approach, but it doesn't seem like that at all on the field. It seems like we're taking a complete baseball approach or a, or a coin flip approach. To be honest with you, uh, we used to see the batters going up to the batter's box. Man, they were looking to the dugout for signs. It looked like they were prepared for what the first pitch would be or the pitch, pitcher's tendencies. Same thing with the hitters. We were uh, aware of what the, the uh, everybody else's tendencies were. It just don't seem like we're doing that anymore. Looks like what you guys are saying is true. Dusty's getting in there and doing a, bat, uh, a coin flip, and then they're running with whatever his gut is. And that's just not going to work. I'm wondering if you guys think the Astros are going to make a change. Obviously, Dusty is, is, is a consideration, I would assume, but a change other than that. Uh, is Dana Brown responsible for some of this approach not being so analytical? Is he even making a, you know any kind of uh, suggestions to Dusty, or is he involved at all in this process? I we don't that that I don't think that Dana could come in here and tell a guy who just won the World Series how to manage his team. I think Dusty has free reign. I'm I'm, I'm positive Dusty has free reign. And is makes all managerial decisions. You you get that he, um, when you have his experience. When you have, if he was a rookie manager and making some of these decisions, I'm sure the front office would come down and say, "Hey, uh, you know, Chas McCormick. Listen, he doesn't. He does do a lot of. He does do a lot of gut because there were times when he said, "Well, this lefty is on the mound, and so you know, Chaz is sitting, and this guy's going to go." When Chas McCormick is one of the best hitters in baseball against left-handed, I mean it. There are some things that he does that, and he says that are so contrary, so contrary to the logic and rationale of analytics that you go, you just shake your head and say, like the other day, he when he didn't play Jordan and he said, "You give up this game, you sacrifice this one for the next for the nine. next nine. The ridiculousness That's definitely not of an analytical that approach is. Look. Now and and Jackie said, "Well, he maybe he was just talking about. Maybe he was talking about sacrificing your. He said this. You sacrificed the game. My look. I was with Jackie in my hope that he simply didn't express what he meant correctly and just simply meant that I'm going to save Jordan from this game because I want to have him for the next nine. But when you say sacrifice a game, it it makes people think this this particular game where you're where you could possibly fall out of the playoff picture yeah. as far as being in the playoffs doesn't mean that much because the next nine. Well, are more important. And his personal caddy thing, this personal center fielder, his personal catcher thing, it 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 flies in the face of what is best for the baseball team. And giving guys days off because I've seen it, that thing where he says, that stuff he says. About, that now, over 162 games but season. This late but now in the year, it's, yeah, it's now, now I'm fine. It's, in yeah. game 70, I know and they're all the same. They mean the same. I get it. I get everyone who says that. But in game 75, Fine, you want to you want to use that 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 method. Met, you want to use that way of thinking, but in game one fifty two, no, yeah. your best guys play, and because you know what, one game made it sacrificing a player for one game may determine whether you're in the playoffs or not. Well, at this point, he's so used to being you know walking away with it that he could do it in game one fifty two and still and be fine. At least here with the Astros. But when he got to the postseason, he had a static lineup. That he put out there every day. Chas McCormick was in center field every day. Pena was hitting second every day. This was the that was it. There was no deviation. 
There none. We were. This is what we're doing, and it worked. He doesn't believe in that. The thing where people go, man, every game the, down the stretch is a playoff game. He doesn't think that way. Like you know, what people say it's yeah, the last. No, he, doesn't eight, he, that, he doesn't think that way. He doesn't think that way. No, it's just another regular season game. Yeah, no, it's until not. it's not. Until it's not. No, these are playoff games now. Uh, Jerry in Pasadena. What do you say, Jerry? Good morning, guys. Uh, let's say the Astros beat the Royals two out of three, and when Monday comes here, would you feel better if Seattle goes into Texas sweep them, or would you rather have Texas sweep Seattle just to have one of the two teams follow? behind the Astros, and I'll hang up on this one. You want the Rangers to sweep if you're taking a sweep because you have the yeah. you have the tiebreaker. You have the tiebreaker. If you want one team to have success, it'd be the Rangers because if it came down to it, you would win the division as long as you have the same record. Right. Yeah. Uh, and you don't want the Mariners being hot coming into your series against them. Right? If we're doing the mental game, do you or you want them desperate. Which one? Do, do you want them to be yeah, high, or, or do you want desperate. them really desperate? Which one do you want? Feeling good or really desperate? Which one is better for you I, going kind of, in? I'm kind of a, of the opinion. You take care of your business and let them battle back. Smack and each other around and see what happens. Other, yeah. 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 Let they play 500 or just over 500 and just under 500 ball because they have seven games. I, I, I don't know. I'm torn. You, you're going to guarantee yourself – a playoff spot if one team sweeps the other through the seven games or wins six out of seven. Mm-hmm. You practically you almost guarantee yourself a spot. But I don't know that I just want a spot. I want the division. Yeah. And if one team takes six out of seven from the other team, it makes it they're more than likely going to win the division. Yes, because you have not shown that you can play at that level. Well, and if you recently, only, if you take two out of three, you you need to sweep yeah, the series. If you take two out of three, another and one of the others, and they sweep. Yeah. You're at a well, disadvantage. one of those teams is going to take two out of three or sweep. Right? Yeah, you're at a disadvantage taking two out of three. So maybe we maybe we don't have a sweep. The Rangers win two out of three, and as you say, here they sweep the Royals because anything less would be unacceptable or uncivilized, depending on. It's unacceptable behavior to do anything well, less. You remember that commercial? Anything less would be uncivilized. What was that from? That was a roll-on deodorant. Was it Old Spice? Was it Old Spice? I'll look it yes, up. Yes, I think so. Um, I like football more than baseball, but someone has decided to accumulate every team's la- record over the last 162 games. I'm going to give you the break to think to figure out who do you think has the worst record over their last 162 games in the NFL. In the NFL. Who has the worst record over their last 162 games? 162. Some guy, that's a lot. That's some 10 guy, years. Some guy compiled it, and, and I have it in front of me. That's ex- that's exactly 10 years because they've added two. Uh, the last two years, they've added a seven. So I've years. got all the standings. I've got of the who, last 10 years. Uh, last 162 games, like like it's a baseball season. Okay. Split it by division, and I'll. you can ask a question. I'll have the answer for you. Uh, 829 ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. And we will also give away U of H tickets when we come back. We will not. We don't I know that's still it. left there, but oh, it's, not, no. it's Friday now, and it's a little oh, it's tight. Too late to get it. Yeah, so okay. we've given away the tickets. And just by the way, if you didn't win, go out there, go watch the Cougs. It's uh, what's it? Celebration? What's it called? Family, uh, family yeah. and friends. Yeah, day. Uh, go out there, watch the Cougs. They need a win. They need your support. Don't make it an orange Sam Houston crowd. Make it a wear red. Support the Cougs. If there's more orange out there. Guess what? You're gonna get the what for. On Monday, because John's out, going to be out there. He'll he'll know. Oh, I'm wearing red, no question. He's got his he got a backpack and a t-shirt. Oh yeah, I didn't get a pizza yet though. 
Oh, wait, actually, I got a pizza last night. Well, they. Oh, yeah, you're out with someone, someone specific, and you got a pizza. So I there you pizza. go. John's oh, yeah. going to be talking positive right. about the Cougs. That's it, right there. Next, next, right here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5, home of Odin Finch. Odin Finch. I'm Odin Finch. Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's the offensive mastermind. Running an outside zone on your intelligence, John Granado and Lance Zerline. All right, John, before we went to break, I brought this up. We were talking a lot of baseball, and I made a transition away from baseball because I don't like it that much. But it does have a baseball feel. Some guy, I don't know if he did it himself, but he put it out there, at Jay Kuda. Uh, that's J. And Cuda spelled C-U-D-A. If you want to see it yourself, he writes, I guess, for the about the White Sox and stuff. Um, he compiled the last 162 games for every NFL team mm-hmm. and laid out their re- their their record like like the MLB. So it's been last ten years is what it about is. last Over ten the, years. No, it's 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 plus. It's, well, I think he included the t- these two games. Yeah, well, three for the Giants and the 49ers. Yeah. Oh, he even included that. I, I think. I don't know. I didn't. Okay, whatever. Deep, but whatever. It's basically the last 10 years. Yeah, last 10 years. Before I get into some the Texan stuff, the AFC East and the AFC West are the two. Each, no team in either division has been involved in a tie football game over the last decade. In the AFC East? East and AFC West. They're, those are the two divisions where no team in, in the division has been involved in a tie. Okay. So... Well, I, I'm not going to guess the record, no, but I'm, I'm going to no. guess who had the worst record, record over a hundred, over the last decade in the NFL. And I know the Texans had uh, three uh, nine and seven seasons yes. under Bill O'Brien. Remi- so I don't think they're going to be. That's going to be. It's not going to be the Texans. And remember, for people thinking, this comes after their uptick with with uh, Gary Kubiak in 11 and 12. Yeah. So, so it didn't so include this those was after seasons. That. It yeah. was after that. This is 2014 through 20. Beyond. Or yeah. 12. It's actually 2013 through last year, yeah. 22. And whatever. Right. And whatever. Year. What uh, Two games. Yeah. I'm going to guess the Jets. They are the third worst team in football over the last three years. There are two obviously worse. And they're going to be. Once the you think, Browns. They are the second worst. Who do you think could be worse than the Browns over the last decade? Think about teams who've had multiple f- number one overall picks. Oh. Maybe a team we had it back to back recently. Oh yeah, was it the ja- the Jags? The Jags. The Jags are five games worse than the Browns as far as the worst team over the last decade. Fifty and one hundred and twelve. Wow, that even with last year's playoff, even making team, the playoffs yeah. last year, fifty and one twelve. Fifty and one twelve is awful. Yes, the what are the Texans? They are sixty three and ninety eight, so not even close to the Jags. They are they've been bad, thirty five games under five hundred, but not even close. Sixty three and ninety, and a lot of that has come from the last three years. A sixty three win team in baseball. Sixty three ninety eight and one. Excuse me, they do have the one tie. Sixty three and ninety eight is that's the Royals, the, a team the Astros can't beat. Well. They can't beat them. They did the, the beat once. Them. They destroyed them in that last that one game. game. Yes, they did. Um, 63. Okay. Who do you think has the best record over the last decade? Who is the Atlanta Braves right now? The best record over the last decade. I got to look at all of the teams. I'm not going to look at the records, but I'm going to look. Okay. 
The best record. Wow, that's hard. It would be. Remember, the Patriots have been out with been without Tom Brady yeah, for so several years now. Now they're going to be up there, though. Sure, they definitely will be. Uh, is it the Chiefs? Yes, they outpace the field quite a bit. One sixteen and forty six. The Patriots' second best record. Wow, one hundred and sixteen game. That's the Seattle Mariners, Mariners. from two thousand one. Except the Chiefs has won a, a couple World Series as opposed to Mariners who flamed right. out. Yes, but you're right. The Patriots seven games worse at one hundred nine and fifty three. Uh, 109 and 50, that's still a good, really yes, good, yeah. really good but baseball team. It just shows team. you how good the Chiefs have been. So, okay, so it goes Chiefs, Patriots. Wow, that they're, that's a big edge that they've got. Yeah, they, yeah they, they're outdistancing the field. And then it would be, wow, who would it be? The this team had a run. Ravens? This team had a run earlier in the in the teens, but they've kind of fallen off. It would be the Seahawks. They're one hundred two and fifty nine and one. Really? Yes. As over the over the last decade. Yeah. They well they had, yeah Russell Wilson years yeah. they were good. Who do you think is the worst division in football over the last hundred sixty two games? As far as the worst first oh, place team, the AFC South. The Colts at eighty three wins, eighty three and seventy eight and one is the leader of the AFC South. The least That's amount the of National wins. League Central. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's the and then the NFC East follows them. The Cowboys have 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 had the best record in the NFC East over the last decade at ninety five and sixty seven. So those are the two. The Cowboys are a ninety five win team over the last decade. Yes, and their postseason has well, been... that's not included. But their <laughs> no, regular right. season, they're they're like who could you compare the Cowboys to in the baseball? Cowboys are as far as the last decade or so, not winning, winning the division, being pretty good, but never doing anything in the playoffs. Well. The Braves for years, yeah, with Glavin, but they did win one. Who does nothing in the postseason over the over this? Uh, the Yankees. The and Yankees. Are, it, it fits the profile. Both bandwagon teams, and they love to right. talk about themselves. The the media loves to talk about them. They right. do nothing when it matters most. The, yeah, they're America's darlings, and they've done nothing. Yeah, I think that's a that's an apropos comparison. And some other teams, the Packers have won. What about where games. are the Steelers in there? Steelers are one hundred one fifty nine and two. That's a good team. Yeah, certainly. And the Ravens are right behind them at ninety four and sixty eight. The Packers win the NFC North, as you might imagine, with Aaron Rodgers, one hundred wins, sixty losses, two ties. The NFC South with Drew Brees for quite a bit of that ninety seven sixty five. No team in the NFC South is above five hundred except the the Saints. It's been Panthers, Falcons, Buccaneers. Yeah, and the Buccaneers had Tom Brady, but they have been bad when he wasn't around, so they weren't seven. Oh, they were one of the worst, if not the worst, team before he got there. Yeah, so. So there, there it is. The Chiefs far and away the best team as far as running away with with the best record. You came in with something this morning that was. You speaking of not having Tom Brady, Bill Belichick. Yeah, where did you get that stat? It's out there. I forgot who tweeted it out there. Um, it's some maybe Schefter maybe tweeted. It's it out? not. I mean, it's easy to find, but that it's out there right now is. I don't know why. Is there somebody trying to? Well. I guess after starting going after Belichick, maybe after starting zero and two, maybe that's why he's uh-huh. now zero and two. Whatever, he's seventy nine and eighty nine in games where Tom Brady isn't his quarterback, and that, that in- includes the year Castle went one with one four. 12. They won eleven. No, they won ten. They, 10, ten and six. Ten and six. They didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. but they went ten and six. And then you obviously know about the Browns' time, where I think they were good for one year, and then it all fell apart because they're leaving. Oh, well, they're leaving the Browns' years. Well, what is his record with the Patriots without Tom Brady? Well, that's I, better. 
I would have to look. But, yeah. I mean, I guess it's better, but he was a head coach for the Browns, too. So the point is, if you don't have number 12 as your quarterback, he has a worse record than Dave Wanstead. I'm not going to hold. Why not? If, if, being a part of the Browns organization, you're an immediate but, loser. But not back look then. At, yeah. In the early 90s, they weren't uh, the They've joke never they been are. good. What have the Browns ever done? I mean, they weren't in AFC title games in the 80s. Yeah, well, Brian Sipe, are you no, talking? Bernie Kosar. Bernie Kosar, yeah. I mean, that's but that's a long time ago. Understood. Bro. They have not done, and they've been awful. Sure. What but, is their record? What do you mean? They're, oh, the Browns? Over the well, last yeah, they've been terrible, 55 and 106. But he was there before, the, before they got awful. They were mediocre back then. Now they're just a joke. Terrible. Yeah, didn't he have Spurgeon win when he was coaching? No, he wasn't. No, no, that, that was, was like uh, Butch Davis. That was Butch Davis or something. Yeah. yeah, he wasn't. No, he had Colt. I don't know who he had, but uh, but they were okay back then, and now they're not because they're the Browns. I just don't hold a, anything against anyone. When, when it's a, well, it was with the Browns. Well, then that that I, there you I go. know it's been a long time, but the Browns weren't always the joke that they they are now. At that point, like I, they, I think he won eleven games with them once. Well, I think the point being that he, yeah, that, that without Tom Brady, he is worse than Dave Wanstead as a as far as his record. Oh, Dave Wanstead was like eighty something and whatever, and that's was like coaching Jay Fiedler and all, and all those Dolphin and the Bears, all those crappy Bears quarterbacks he had with them. Well, yeah, I mean, and then, but then you go, well, wait a minute. Early in Tom Brady's career, let's not forget that first Super Bowl. They, they yeah, that was were defense. defense. Yes, yes, and and Drew Bledsoe was a fine quarterback for the time. Right, but I think the point just is that now you've seen him with Mid Jones and Cam Newton and others. I mean, I don't know if we want, the debate is an old one. I guess people having have it to the end of time who who was more important. But we know what Bill, Bill Belichick and being a defensive minded coach did for him without the greatest quarterback. Maybe Brock Purdy is Kyle Shanahan's Tom Brady. No, he won a lot of games with, with, uh, but, with Jimmy G. But he's going to get over the top with with Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy may need to f- figure out how to hit a guy in stride before I call him his Tom Brady. <laughs> Just, he may want to do so that. Ugly to Brock Purdy. Oh, watch the game. All that yak and guys having to stop their feet and turn around and pirouette to make catches. Ugly person. That's what he want. was not good yesterday, despite what those numbers tell yeah. you. Okay, I don't. All I'm seeing is everybody loving them some Brock Purdy this morning, except you, because well, you're a hater. I won't. I won't speak to everyone who's saying it because I don't know Purdy. who is. But the slander, people, I won't have it. But the people who are are being dopey. Uh we got some injuries on our team, and we'll talk. We'll hear from the defensive coordinator about uh, replacing Derek Stingley next, right here on ESPN 97.5. And 92.5. Right now I'm talking about GiveMeToVin.com. That's Gimme, not Gimme. It's GiveMeTheVin.com. GiveMeTheVin.com is where you go and you sell your car. You could call John Clay Wolf tomorrow. He's got a radio show right here. And you could call him on the air and he will tell you what your car is worth. That's ridiculous. That's so good. That is so, so good to be able to do that. Now, I'm sure he got computer screens, and that guy tells he, the, the screener is going to say, okay, what kind of car you got, blah, blah, and it comes up, and you, see, you can see right away. And John Clay Wolf has a great idea of what that car is really worth or whatever. It, it depends on you know what, how, what kind of shape the car is in. You have a lot of dings. Listen, Frankie had my daughter. She had a car that had the most dings he's ever seen, ever bought. A car that had the most dings he's ever bought. 
Yet he gave me more than anybody else would. That's for sure. And he's going to give you more than anyone else would because that's what he does every single time. He sold last week. He sold over a thousand cars in one day at auction. That's how good John Clay Wolf is. You're going to find out for yourself at GiveMeTheVin.com. That's GiveMeTheVin.com. ESPN975.com. You need to learn. Let the boy watch. He needs to learn the way I learned from my father. Back to the Veritex Community Bank Studios and your daily distraction from the horrific reality of your very existence. Man, I didn't know it was that bad. But hey, it's John and Lance. All right, so no Derek Stingley Sunday again. This is going to be a thing, isn't it? It's a thing now, isn't it? It'll be interesting to see on a second contract that Stingley can play. Stingley, Stingley had basically was was non-existent in the game on Sunday because they wouldn't throw at him. That's a good sign for a cornerback when you have no action. You know why? Because you're guarding your guy and they don't throw at him. If they're throwing at you all game and you got a lot of that, that's why pass breakups and you know stats like that on a cornerback. I'm not. Is that great? Is that really well, great? All those pass breakups because that means you know that that quarterback feels pretty confident throwing at you. It all depends on the correlating stats of the times you don't right. break up a pass. If, and how many if yards? A, you're if a guy, up? yeah, if a guy catches eight, right, eight, right. eight balls in your area for 120 yards, then it's a bad thing. Yeah, him not playing. It's so far down the line, but. This will become an if it continues to be an issue this year where the hamstring lingers and there are hams, it is a hamstring. So you imagine no matter when he comes back, there's always going to be the fear that it pops up again. That a couple years from now, if he's good enough to warrant a second contract, whether the Texans have to determine what his value is when they can't depend on it, depend on him. If he's like a ten game per year player, how yeah. much do you pay him? If he's a ten game, yeah, yeah. If he's good, but you you can only we'll find out on if he can play ten games a year. Oh yeah, it's a long way away. We'll find out well, if he gets there. But I mean, you really wish this wasn't a concern for your number one, your number one pick from last year. Yeah. Well, you did pick up Shaquille Griffin. He's got a start now, and he he's taking his place. Here's uh, Matt Burke, defensive coordinator, talking about uh, Shaquille Griffin and his responsibilities now. Yeah, I mean, Shaq's been, uh, you know, done a good job for us, obviously, from when we brought him in kind of partway through the spring. Um, you know, he's a veteran corner. He's played a lot of ball. Um, he's a physical corner. I would say he's uh, probably one of our better tacklers on the edge. He's, he's shown that in preseason games and, and as we've gone through the, uh, the weeks here. So uh, I feel good about uh, what he's done and where his growth has been for us. You wish you had Desmond King? When you, when you think about the injury, yeah. sure. <clears throat> you, I mean, now you got Arnold and Shaquille Griffin playing. It went from what you thought might have been a bit of a strength to one where... Well, Tavir Thomas and Derek Stingley are a strength. Yeah, and you, and you thought you had some depth, too. That's why you're getting rid of Desmond King, because you think you have not only a top two that's really good, but the guys behind him you like, too. And now and now you, you have a problem, and I guess there always should be an injury. But how many corners can you keep? How many good corners can you keep... Um, and I don't, I don't, I don't keep them all happy is the right way to put it, but I, I get why you make the move. You think you have, you think you have your guys and you, you want to improve the roster, keep another guy someplace else. But I think Stingley, until he proves at some point that he's going to be a guy, he's always going to be out there. You're always going to be 
you're always going to need extra guys, whether you keep on the practice squad and have to elevate them a couple times just because you're worried about them. But until he proves he's can play and play consistently, this will be a conversation they're having well, you for quite a bit. I mean, I think communication is one of the things that they're stressing this week. I, I don't know that they had great communication last week. You know, the injury bug, holy crap. With the offensive line losing four guys, now you've lost a couple of your – of your corners, and you've lost both safeties during the season. Um, Jimmy Jimmy Ward is coming back, and Matt Burke has talked about how communication could get better with Jimmy on the field. Yeah, yeah, obviously, like uh, coming from that, from the second level piece in the back end, uh, from coverage checks and those sort of things. Um, he's a guy that's done it, done it in the system. You know, there's a calming presence to, to some of the things he brings to the table, so obviously he's, uh, he's a factor in that, hopefully. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much better I don't, you lose. You lose Thomas and Stingley, but you put in Ward. I'm not sure that's a great exchange. Although it'll be nice to see Jimmy Ward finally play. Yeah, it's just rough to evaluate this team when they've been so injury riddled. Like you're going to go through a quarter of the season not knowing who this team is. Like we're going getting after Casario for his picks and Green and Stingley not playing and trading for Will Anderson and how much it costs you. But for him. He's probably thinking, this isn't the team I built. Can you really grade me? We will because that's what we do. But can you really judge what the team I built when they're not on the field? And can he be blamed for having injury-prone players? I guess partly you can, but it's a rough spot for him because this isn't the team he thought he would have. And until they're all healthy, what's their fair evaluation? Because the offensive line... Well, I'll tell you what, they were pretty good. And Larry Tunsil's coming back. Will will the offense be better? Well, your right tackle, your starting right tackle you paid a lot of money to ain't back. No, no, obviously you still have injuries. The center that you didn't, the center that you want to start isn't around. around. No, 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 no. But you get, well, listen, they were fine. He threw for 384 yards last week. Were they fine? He got beat up. I mean, he, he found a way to overcome. Well, okay, if you lower the number of sacks because Larry Tunsil is back, if you get that, that number down to about three, this week, as opposed to what you've been watching, leading the league in sacks with 11. Uh, if you get that number down this week, and he, he, he threw for 384, getting sacked and having that offensive line in front of him, that's pretty good. Well, that's not, I'm not talking about Stroud, but if you're, if you are a builder of a team, it's more yeah. than how your quarterback plays in, in a particular game. If you're Nick Casario, you're saying, this isn't my team. This isn't the team I built. How can you make an evaluation of my job until we see the team I put together on the field? And in some cases, that won't be the case because you're the guy, the guy you drafted the first round last year is out as a guard. But the rest, like you said, some they're not all long-term. So I think maybe after week four, if the team starts to look better, the conversation around Casario changes partly. But he's going to need to get not that he has anything to do with it, but he's going to need Stingley to be back out there and Titus Howard to be back out there and and, and build some continuity on both sides. And then we start to talk about what Nick Casario built because so far, the roster hasn't had a fair chance. No. I mean, so you're giving Casario a break until... Look, I don't think what he did as far as drafting and, and all the value stuff is great, but I can't kill him for the team right now because it ain't the team he built. No, you can kill him, though, on getting injury-prone 
Jerry the Stingley thing, yes. Yes, you can. You but can, yeah, Titus well, Howard, was K- he injury Kenyon prone? Kenyon Green, you can kill him on that, too. Yeah, he, was, he wasn't good before he got hurt. Yeah. Those are, those, but you can overcome a couple. And Stingley, hopefully, is going to be back in a two to three weeks, whatever well, are the you, timeline is. And are you now praising him more for Nico that you finally we finally see Nico with a guy that can get him the ball and look what he's doing? I'm not praising him over a game and a half. I'll praise him if we see the numbers that Nico accumulates over the course of the year. Looks like Nico's better. Well, we'll see. Because he's got a guy who can actually throw him the football. We'll see. Nico has... And a coordinator that's actually... He's got 15 more games to be better, and, and I'm not using the two games, so the two games sample size to determine what Nico Collins is as a player. That's not fair to him or well, I'll tell you this or anybody else. That, that wide receiver room that was thought to be one of, if not the worst, wide receiver room in the league is is playing. How do they well. look against the Ravens? Uh, okay. How many yards did they throw for in that game? Uh, Since we're using that as a, a measuring stick. Well, right actually, Robert Woods had a, had a few catches, and Nico. Had, had catches. I, I will say. They didn't use Tank at all. Hardly at all. In he that threw game. for 242. I will say that being a. 242 was like a. In the rave. Was the, for, the rave. With Davis Mills, that was like a, well, a, a, a career not, high. Well, that's not a great. That's not great in his. In Casario's favor that he took Davis Mills. Uh, no, no, no. But I'm saying you got a, a competent quarterback now. Now you're seeing competent play out of the wide receivers. Sure. Over the first. Times, yeah. As long as that continues, then we can have a conversation about how he drafted Nick, how he drafted some good wide receivers. Tank Dell continues to play well, and yeah. Nico Collins. Then what? We'll, then that? Then that's a positive in his favor. I I'm just going to not going to use the two games to crush him because not his roster, and he'll have the 17 to, to prove himself. And I'm sure that's how the Texans are approaching it as far as their decision making. So Casario's the guy, as you talked about, left over from a bad regime. And if his roster continues to be injured, then we can say, "Oh, well, that's on you for continuing to pick players who can't stay on the field." But I'll give him—I'll give him the fifteen the re- the rest of the season before I say what I have to say. And not that it'll matter to me, him, because you know, Cal, the new sheriff in town, will make that decision. Cal is the new sheriff in town, and there's a new bank in town, and it's Home Bank. Look, if you're looking for a bank, if you're looking for you need you have financial goals, you want to reach them. Uh, you need personalized attention in your bank to reach your financial goals. If you're a small business, this they love you. A small business bank, they they have specialized in it. They have been they have succeeded in it. The, they have the home bank has been around. It's new here to this area, but it's been a community bank since 1908, uh, 115 years, and they are still rocking it. Quote unquote. Still rocking it. It's their standard to help you reach your goals. They've got local bankers. They've got all the people. These people have been here for years and years and years in the banking business. They're here. They're now business and personal banking solutions for nearly any need that you have. You need that small business loan? Well, find out. If you can't get it elsewhere or you've been trying, they, they, they love people okay not necessarily industries they love to bet on people with their loans so if you're looking for competitive rates you're looking for a bank that's going to stand behind you they're going to give you the attention that you need they got 42 total banking centers five greater houston locations river oak sugarland gulf freeway clear lake and friends would stop by any home bank location or visit home 24 bank.com home 24 bank.com good for business good for life home bank member fdic
ESPN 97.5 and 92.5, home of old Greg. I know what you're thinking. Here comes old Greg. He's a scaly man fish. I'm old Greg. 